passion and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, Hour 4 Podcast. This might be college football, Heather. As uh, we continue here, it's been quite an eventful show. Let's uh, continue with more phone calls, and Thomas is up next in Dothan. Hello, Thomas. Good afternoon, Mr. Feinbaum. Thank you for calling. Yes, sir. First time caller. I apologize for my sniffles. That's part of why I'm calling them being able to call today because I'm home sick. I can relate. (laughs) On the, uh, and I know it's probably been beaten to death, but I don't ever get to listen, so I'm usually having to work for a living. Uh, On the SEC editions of uh, Texas and Oklahoma, other than three questions, and then you can hang up on me and answer them, please, sir. Other than money, how does Texas and Oklahoma add to the SEC? How does the addition of Texas and Oklahoma affect the recruiting of the middle of the SEC pack? I know everybody's a, nobody, not everybody can be at the top. Nobody wants to be at the bottom. I know it's going to adversely affect those at the bottom because it just makes the rich be richer and the poor will actually have to be poor in the SEC. But how does the... Hey, hey Thomas, could I, the, could I pose one question to you? Because yes, sir. I don't know what... Listen, none of my business, but I'm just trying to get some context. Uh, depending on what you do in your professional life, uh, and I'm not a business uh, management major, but I do know enough that if you're a big business and you go out and acquire another big business, you get what happens usually. Uh, you take the very best of that business, and unfortunately for a lot of people, you end up uh, spinning off the rest of it uh, or doing away with it. Uh, And in this case, it's a little bit of a different context, but what Texas and Oklahoma do at the most critical juncture in the history of college football, they add to the top-line value of the SEC. I saw a story today by the AP. They always rank their biggest stories of the year at the end of the year. It could be Tiger Woods winning the Masters a couple of years ago or the, or, or the Super Bowl, or, or it could be abstract. Uh, Simone right. Biles. This year, the biggest story in college football was realignment. The biggest story in sports was realignment in college football, which brings me to my final point here. The SEC was in a was in a situation where had they let Texas and Oklahoma go, they would have either gone to the Big Ten or the ACC. In a competitive world, they couldn't allow that to happen, so they grabbed them, like it or not. Do I think it is going to affect the middle to the bottom of the league? Yes. Uh, I would be uh, dishonest to sit here and tell you otherwise. I, I could sugarcoat it, but I'm not going to. Um, there, there will be pain because those two are preeminent programs, and while they, they help the top, uh, there's no question that the more competition you have, someone ends up losing. Do you think it's going to affect less the further away you get from a Texas and Oklahoma mileage, or will it be similar from all the way to the East Coast? Yeah, I think because... <laughs> 
because college football is no longer uh, a regional sport. Regional. Yeah, I mean, okay. Alabama, Alabama's best recruit from the uh, class that will be signing tomorrow comes from Southern California, just like it has had a couple of years ago with with Bryce Young or Tua Tungavailoa from Hawaii. So you 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 don't always. I mean, I, I mean, I grew up in an era um, where you tried to put a picket fence around your state boundaries. That that, that doesn't you matter. You and I both. That's, yeah, that's the era we both grew up in. I remember sitting in Pat Dye's office 40 years ago when he got to Auburn and he said, he said, we, we can't, we get, we can't lose the best players in Alabama like we do every year. And, and he, he started turning them, but yeah, I mean, it's great if you can get the top two or three players in your state, but you'd rather have the best. I mean, it, it helps the culture. And I, I've always believed uh, that those guys in the rivalry games will play maybe an ounce harder. That so why why is the Auburn Alabama game so difficult for Alabama in Jordan Hare? Because it means a lot to those guys. I'm not saying that uh, the Georgia. I mean, Auburn Auburn nearly beat Georgia and Alabama. Those are the two biggest rivals. I'm not saying uh, they they didn't play well. I mean, they didn't play well. They played terribly in the in the New Mexico State game. They played terribly in a couple of other games, but that matters. But overall, you have to recruit. Smartly, uh, but you also have to recruit nationally. Well, and unfortunately, and I'm Auburn. Unfortunately, I consider Auburn to be middle to top middle currently of the SEC. That maybe even would be wishful thinking to think top middle. And adding two top above Auburn, uh, Florida at this point, uh, Tennessee at this point. How how drastic a change is that going to be? Do you agree that, that Texas and Oklahoma at this point are above the middle of the pack in the SEC? I do, but I also believe this, that Auburn, under the current regime, is in, yeah. that, is in that group as well. Uh, okay. I was there three weeks ago, and I could not have been more impressed with what Freeze is doing, what John Cohen is doing, what uh, the president. Uh, this is not the same Auburn from three or four years ago. Uh, you, 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 you've lived it every day. But, I mean, I, I think after a couple of years, uh, I mean, Chiswick gave them a national championship, but they paid for it. And Malzahn was good for a couple of years, and he was a very solid coach. Uh, Auburn was in, you know, won a lot of big games, but the program started fading. And we all no no need to uh, to beat up on poor uh, yeah no need. Parson. Other than even numbers, why does Vanderbilt stay in the SEC? Uh, I think you've raised a question that nobody wants to talk about, but it's about time. Right. Uh, what Vanderbilt has done recently uh, is stunning. How 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 the the lack of competition that they have provided, and and I know it's a bigger situation, but. For all the incremental improvements that they have done, and I think uh, Kansas' uh, story is a, is, a, is a very visionary leader, and I think the chancellor is world class. Uh, I, I, I think what Clark Lee is selling is probably getting pretty hard to stomach. I don't know for sure, but is Vanderbilt the only SEC city with a protein? Um, yes. 
Yeah, I mean, every other city, uh, you know, Austin, Norman. I mean, Norman is a little deceiving because uh, Norman is essentially a suburb of Oklahoma City, which has an NBA team. But, but yeah, all the, all the rest of the, the, I mean, Tuscaloosa, Auburn, you can go right down the list. They're all near, they're all near uh, major league cities, but they don't have one. Yeah. So Vanderbilt hangs on because well, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt's important to the tradition of the league, and it's got a lot of rich ties. Uh, but you know, with with everything about to change, I mean Vanderbilt. You know, they they uh, Clark Lee made a living uh, last year winning those two games in a row, but he hasn't done anything prior, and he hasn't done anything since. Hey, Auburn's finally got a winning record against Vanderbilt. I'm good now. Yeah, no, listen, I, I, I'm pretty bullish on, on Auburn, Thomas, and uh, there have been times when I've wondered about where Auburn was going, but I think Auburn's in its best shape in a long time. All right. Thank you for taking Thank the call. Thank you very much. Good to hear from you. Ron is up next in Virginia Beach. Mr. Paul. Yes, sir. How are you doing today, sir? I have a remedy for your sickness. I had it a few weeks ago. I take the most potent whiskey and take some honey and put it in the whiskey and I drink it like a double shot and it helps me sleep at night. Other than that, I hope you feel better. You know, uh, Merry Ryan, Christmas. in full disclosure, and I, I know people, uh, I, I hate when people are sick. I am, pa- I am, I do past, too. I am past the sick period. Um, I'm now just uh, weaning off of medication. Uh, because I'm sick yes, of it sir. as well, and I, ha- I had this deal the, uh, Saturday night, and I, uh, I got a little bit uh, juiced up for it because I didn't want to cough the entire time I was on stage. Uh, I am not completely. I, I'm, I'm about 90% there. I think by the time I hear uh, you. By the time we break for Christmas, I'll be perfectly healthy. You know, this is kind of special to me, Mr. Paul is a a friend of mine I've known for years. He's from Decatur, Alabama, a big-time Roll Tide fan. He's not a golfer, and he's never golfed. And I don't know if you ever heard of the golf course. You know, I'm a golfer. It's called Point Mallard in Decatur, Alabama. I have heard of it. And Yes, and I'm going to take him this Friday golfing, and I'm just going to let him drive the cart. And I told him to wear Alabama hat and everything because, you know, the whole story of my wife is, you know, me, I'm an Ohio State guy. And you said that people need to call in even though we lost. Ohio State lost. There's no excuses. The quarterback's gone in the NIL. It's uh, ridiculous. The thing of it is, is, Paul, I'm excited to take my friend from Decatur, Alabama, He's never played before, never even been on a golf course before, and I'm going to entertain him. I'm going to drive like 2,300 miles to Georgia, Alabama, and oh, Tennessee wow. to meet all my family. And I just want to say Merry Christmas to you, Randy, and everybody, and a Happy New Year to you. Well, thank you. Uh, what a great story to hear. It, it's that time of the year, and I think we're all think, uh, thinking and uh, and. Cannot wait for Christmas and, and everything that comes with it. Logan is up next. Hey, Paul. Happy holidays. Hey I'm probably not going to talk to you. Yeah, great, man. Uh, how are you feeling today? I am feeling pretty good. Good. Awesome. I wanted to wish a uh, happy Kwanzaa to Jim from Tuscaloosa while I'm at it. I know he's listening out there. Um, Paul, 
I really enjoyed your interview with Casa Grandes. I think that's his name. Yeah. Um, something you brought up during the interview was the fact that Alabama actually beat Georgia. Georgia was the standard. I think a lot of people are missing that fact now that everybody's talking about Florida State, but Georgia was the standard, and we beat them. And, and I think in that game, it seems like the Tide were in control the whole game. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, but I think we're not getting enough credit maybe for for beating Georgia. Um, and then I was going to ask you another question. Uh, you said you had a – or somebody was talking about you had a professional gambler on your show. Yeah, last And show, he said that – yeah, he said Michigan was going to beat the Tide, and that was about right. Well, he he, he that, said that, the right team was favored. Oh, favored. Okay, so Michigan by two points. Well, I guess he thinks they're going to win. Um, well, that's usually what, what that do you means. think? Yeah, uh, exactly. I, I would so, strongly disagree with my uh, professional gambler friend. Yeah, I mean that's what I would. I'm. I don't. I don't see it. Um, but, I mean, I, I thought the way that that interview went, he was really contrasting the styles of the Tide versus well, he, Michigan. Michigan does. And, and I, I'm not – I mean, he's – I mean, we had him on because he, he is an expert. I mean, this isn't just some yeah. some guy that hosts a radio show in uh, Kalama, Kalamazoo, Michigan. I mean, this is a guy that, right. uh, that, that bets millions of dollars, so he, he's not emotional about this. Right, right. So, I mean, that – that's interesting to see his the way he looks at it. I mean, did he make a prediction on the game? I was trying to listen well, in no, on the show. Not, I didn't know which, he... which was far more important. He liked Texas. He told us that. But the fact Logan that he didn't make a prediction told me how much he likes Michigan because I've been around a few uh, a few odds makers before, and when they mm. go silent, that means they uh, they like a side very much, and they're simply not going to tell you. We are going to tell you that we'll be right back with more right after this. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted Hims subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash Paul. That's HIMS.com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash Paul. Hardments are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. 
That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We've got it tomorrow, noon Eastern, the signing day special. Everybody will be here giving you the latest, and there is so much news going on. Players coming out of the portal, heading in to the portal, signing, a lot, of, a lot happening. And we welcome you back. <laughs> Dave is in Kentucky. Hello, Dave. Hey, Paul. Uh, Dave's in uh, Lexington, Kentucky football and basketball fan. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. I thought I'd give you a, a very quick perspective, uh, positive perspective on Alabama football from the Bluegrass State okay. uh, via story. Uh, I was on assignment in Birmingham. And my first exposure to the Tide was uh Alabama and Kentucky playing in a hotly contested SEC basketball tournament game. So I skipped work, ducked into the bar. Everyone was watching a football game. So I watched the basketball game as the only guy doing it. And finally I tapped the guy on the shoulder. I said, what's going on? He goes, Hey dude, it's spring practice. (laughs) That's great. That is funny. And I, and I'll, and I'll leave you with this one. I finally got to experience my uh, first Bama football game. And at halftime, several years after the bear had passed away, and they announced at halftime for our halftime show and entertainment, we'll be honoring Paul Bear Bryant. And I looked at my buddy next to me and I said, you know what, the guy's been gone for 10 years. Why don't you guys just build a giant mural of him over the stadium and you can worship him 24-7? And this big, giant guy behind me taps me on the shoulder and says, Hey, buddy, I don't know where in the hell you're from, but I think you need to go back there right now. <laughs> That's funny. Well, we, uh, we go to, uh, from the Bama worshiper to another one. I'm Ann in Montgomery, Alabama. Or damn eagle. I mean, I, I, I come on here and you're all cranky and, and all out of sorts, and then you're going to take my call. Paul, why are you so cranky? I never noticed you being cranky, but apparently people think you're cranky. Well, that guy uh, from Missouri thinks I'm mean-spirited. Well, I mean, there's, there's people call this program from, what, 12 to 100? Yeah. From all all the countries around the world? And, and you've had some calls from the space station, and I don't know that you're cranky. Sometimes you're a little hard fellow to get along with. Space station once. That made me very nervous. Yeah, yeah. But it, it was, you know, to be on a space station, uh, it, the call really didn't have that much of a delay in it. 
No. That I could tell. Well, you I mean, ask a question they're, they're, and three years later. They're the uh, satellite that we're being beamed off of than we are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you ask a question and three years later they answered, but that's pretty quick considering. <clears throat> Mr. Cranky. You know, Paul, I've never really known you to be cranky, but there, there are times maybe this, uh, that word fits. I don't know. Okay. Uh, let's change the subject. Before I get cranky. Uh, you know, I told you one time I, I made it a point to go see as many of the artists, you know, from the Woodstock period as I could. And I ran across some stuff that I was looking through the other day. And in April the 8th in 1983, I saw Sly and the Family Stone here in Montgomery, Alabama. And uh, what a rip-roaring concert that was. You remember the little uh, Kodak disc cameras? Oh, sure. Yeah, I took pictures of that. I mean, the sad thing about those pictures are the uh, the negatives were so small. If you blow them up much at all, they've got you see the dots, all the little pixels. But it was a great show, and it wasn't two weeks later he quit touring. Saw the uh, Rolling uh, the Eagles in Auburn. Two months later, they broke up in 1980, hmm. and uh, and the, and the, the Rolling Stones played in Auburn. In November of 1969, they did two concerts over there. And two weeks later, they were doing the Altamont concert. I found all that kind of ironic. But just a little change of pace, because I know sometimes you get a little cranky. And, and we can go, we talk about all the times you do your James Taylor, you know, an evening with James Taylor I'm show. I'm glad I, man, that you're talking about something other than the little feller. Well, we're getting to the little fella. Okay. <laughs> I thought we were going to get as a Jim, little fellerless call. Yeah, as Jim always said, you know, he waits to pull the little fella out at the last. I mean, he's always got to dig at the last. And, then, you know, the little fella, he, he's kind of desperate, having to hire Michigan coaches to get the playbook. And, and he's done that his whole career. And I tell you, the little fella uh, is getting desperate. Here it is just a month before the game. He hires a guy, and you can just see desperate written all over his face. I mean, you know, he, he told you, you know, when the season started, uh, you know, we're not sure where we're going, how we're going to get there. Right. And and now I he mean, hires I mean, Michigan. How, how much is this bothering you, uh, the accomplishment? It doesn't bother. I think it's entertaining. It's, you know, it's, it's entertaining to the point it's almost making you cranky. It, it, because I get so much entertainment out of this. You see, you're getting the cranky meters going up. Somebody show the cranky meter. Well, I'm not and, cranky. Uh, I just but uh, no, I'm. I just think you know you've got a bowl game. Uh, where, where's Auburn playing? Music City Bowl. Yeah, Music City. I would think you'd be excited about that. Yeah, I don't. I can't. Remember oh, we who are. Playing. We are. I'm. I'm definitely excited. I'll yeah. be watching the bowl games. Some of them, most yeah. of them. It won't be anytime real soon. But but you're more towards interested the end of the in what the little feller does, right? Well, the little feller is big news. I mean, see, when I talk about the little feller, everybody gets all excited. He can't call without talking about the little feller. I mean, it, it's because I'm staying on topic. I'm just trying to stay on topic. See, I included the little feller. I included Cranky. I, I included uh, some some absolute blast from the past. And I mean, you know, if everybody knew that you was going to do your James Taylor show, you know, here in about two or three hours when you leave, I mean, you're going to be – you you got a friend and fire water and all kinds of things. I mean, you know, you, you just be you just be doing the James Taylor thing. You got the haircut for it, and no pun intended. But you uh, 
You do a you do a great little de- deal with the James Taylor show. I'm impressed, and the little fella would be too. Or Dan Eagle have a have a good afternoon, cranky fella. There's been some epic calls by Iman uh, in the history of this show. That was not one of them. We will be right back. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back. As we roll on here, let's uh, continue to uh, talk about what we're doing later in the week uh, as we uh, continue here. But it happens on Thursday. We're two days away. 6 p.m. Eastern time. That's 5 in the uh, central time zone. Archbishop Joseph Marino will make his annual Christmas visit with that exact music. Let's check in with, uh, hold on, let's check in with Malcolm. Uh, Hey, Malcolm. Hello. Hey, good afternoon. You just have the best sports talk show ever. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. We never miss it. You know, in 1951, the Detroit Lions were playing an exhibition game in San Antonio. So I took my little autograph book and go down and knock on the go to the front desk, and I said, "What room is Doc Walker in?" They said, "Whatever." And I went up, and knocked on the door. This guy comes to the door, Bobby Lane. Ooh. He said, uh, oh, "Bobby Lane." I said, "Well, don't get Doc Walker's autograph." He said, well, "He's not here, but come on in, let's talk a while." He was the nicest person in the world. Bobby Lane? We're talking about one of the most iconic players ever. Yeah. He was so nice. And I waited a while. And of course, Oak Walker never showed up. But I just was so impressed. Well, he, I had Doak Walker's pictures all over my bedroom. You know, when I was 11 years old. He yeah, was my hero. Well, he was, uh, so he, he was a Texas boy, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was from Dallas and played at Highland Park, right? And then played at SMU. It's it's hard to, for, and I understand this, Malcolm. And you lived through it, but SMU at one time was you know, pretty close to one of the coolest college football programs in America. It really was. They had Doak Walker and Kyle Rowe. Well, so was TCU, wasn't it? Yeah. And then in 1977, my son, I took him out of school on Friday. He said, Dad, where are we going? I said, just enjoy the ride. <laughs> so we made prearranged this meeting with Earl Campbell. Oh, my goodness. And we walked out on the football field, and he gave my son the football to peace and love, Earl Campbell. He was so cordial. How, uh, Malcolm, uh, how were you able just to do, do all this? I had just a friend in Austin. Oh, okay. That knew Dale Royal. Right. So we he made the arrangements. It's, but it was a great day. I, I can't imagine. Uh, I mean, I 
I think about, I think everybody has similar stories. I'm not going to waste the audience time with mine, but I, but as you were talking, I started thinking about the first games that I I would go to with my dad, whether they were high school football games. It didn't matter. Uh, exhibition pro games, college games. It uh, I could probably cite the date and the teams and the score for every one of them. Uh, what a special memory. Yeah, it really was. And then my son played. I was going to take him up to Texas Tech to try out. Mm-hmm. So the next week he got an offer from Rice. Did he really? So he played played four years at Rice. So who was the coach at Rice? Under Watson then? Brown. Watson, Watson Brown. Watson Brown. That's amazing. Watson. Yeah. Uh, had many wonderful days to, uh, having lunch and playing golf with Watson when he was in Birmingham. And then Augie Irvin with the uh, athletic. He was athletic. No, he was athletic director at the time. That is fantastic. What, 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 who is your school, Malcolm? School I went to Lamar University. Oh, right in Houston, yeah. Went to Del Mar for two years under Nick Lanza and Vernon Glass. Okay. And then went to Lamar under Higgins, Coach Higgins. Oh, man. What, but anyway, we just love your show, Paul. You do a great job. Well, thanks for uh, taking me down uh, memory lane. It was fantastic. You do it. You call again, Malcolm. Thank you very, very much. Have a merry, merry Christmas. We go from an upbeat caller to AJ. You dang right I'm upbeat tonight, baby, because, you know, I know you're getting well today, Paul, and I'm proud of you, and I'm glad that Mrs. Dr. Feinbaum's taking care of you because you know what I heard while ago? You finally turn. You're starting to turn the corner. I heard you. You said three weeks ago I was down on the plains, and what's going on on the plains is not normal. I'm very impressed with by Coach Hufrey. Did you say that, Paul? Are you guilty? Preach it, brother. I mean, come on, brother. Amen. Amen. Everybody step up and come to the altar because Mr. Feinbaum has officially said Auburn is on the comeback, Not, and it's not normal. I mean, you know, Harson took a dump on us, but – Freeze went in the portal. And by the way, Lane Kiffin, you the portal queen now because the king of the portal is Coach Hugh Freeze. You can stick that in a night deposit. And I'm going to tell you this. The best part about it is Georgia and Alabama's most toughest fought victory and best win for the most part of the year was against Auburn with just one year after Freeze got to scrape up and pull some scraps together and after tomorrow, it's on like neck bone. I'm going to tell you right now, Paul, next year's not going to be the same. Well, I'm going to be talking to you next year. Hey, did you hear that legend? Paul said, you better get worried because what's fixing to happen in the plains is not normal. It's supernatural. There's something special going on. But I'm going to tell you this, Paul. I love you. Glad you're getting better. And legend. Your days is numbered. Bore damn eagle. Cat Daddy is next. Greetings and salutations. Happy Hanukkah and peace on earth to all. Big Paul, I, I had a little funny story I wanted to pass on to you. When I got home this morning, or got home this afternoon, Velveeta said, Do you remember what happened about five years ago on this day? I said, I forgot to buy you a Christmas present. She said, no. We went to Clemson to see a South Carolina game. And I, this uh, the reason she brought that up, because you heard about the football coach. 
It was at the uh, airport and left his wife and went down to what, Cancun? Yeah. And anyway, she said, you remember we come back, we stopped in Chester, South Carolina to get some gas, and I wanted to get a soda. And I thought Velveeta was in the back seat sleeping. Well, I come back out and pump the gas, get the soda. And next thing I know, I get all the way to Columbia, and the phone rings. And they didn't have cell phones back then. And it says, honey, you left me in Chester. Come get me. <laughs> I had to ride all the way back up to Chester to get Velveeta. She so we all forget sometimes. Great story, Cat Daddy. Thank you. Jace is in Augusta. Hey, I wanted to uh, address Larry. Um, you know, uh, Larry gets on here and he, and he bitches about, you know, um, whenever we beat them. In- Wasn't sure that would survive, but then we will uh, we'll go to Rowdy next. Hello, Rowdy. Hey, Paul. Uh, it's been a few months since I've actually talked to you. It was actually back at the first of the season. But uh, I'm glad to hear or certainly see that from on TV you are doing better, and I'm glad you're doing well. Well, thank you. Uh, Paul, I want to pick at you a little bit. Now, listen, it's all out of fun. Uh, I think about the middle of last week or maybe even towards the first of the week, you said on air that you was going to have to ask for absolution. Right. For not having the faith in uh, Jalen Milrow, didn't you? I said that. Say that, Paul. I did. Okay. Well, did you get to take care of that? Did you well, actually make I, it? I, I thought pay? I would do it uh, publicly uh, with her, with somebody who's professional and qualified to to handle that. Uh, and I think you may guess where I'm going here. Well, that's well. Uh, listen, I listen. I'm a pra- practicing Protestant myself, but I live in a small uh, community. Uh, just north of Florence, Alabama, that is a strong Catholic area. Right. And the name of the community is called St. Florian. Sure. Beautiful church, and and love the the history and all of that with it. But yeah, I just thought that uh, well, you know uh, you don't have to do it on air. That's well, between but, uh, but you I wanna, and I. I have the Archbishop here. And, absolutely. And I've got I've got a couple of things up my sleeve. Even that's not something you should do with an archbishop, but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but he'll understand. So yeah, I'll. Uh, I mean, we'll do everything but exercise my demons live on the air. No, no, and listen. Uh, if it wasn't uh, out of fun, I want you to understand it's truly out of fun. Uh, but I enjoy listening to the Archbishop uh, Marino. Uh, did I pronounce that correctly? You did correctly. Okay. Yes, sir. He, uh, I'm a big, huge fan of your show. I've listened to you for years, mostly over the radio. I don't really like to watch the TV. Uh, I have people I tell me it. that, uh, especially people that have been around a long time with, with our show. Right, right. But, right. But I remember the old days of Charles from Realtown and then, of course, of Jim, way before Legend and all those guys. I remember hearing Harry Updike saying what he said live on the air. Oh, yeah. Uh, and But... Uh, Yes, sir. I just wanted to call you and actually wish you a, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And, and, and be sure and take care of that with the Archbishop yeah, no, because I, uh, uh, I'm, a, I'm an Alabama fan, and we, we need all the we, – we, we need some, 
some help. Paul. Rowdy, one thing I'll say, uh, this archbishop, uh, as you may know, uh, this is not somebody that's just parachuting in from Rome. Uh, he knows the history of the Alabama-Auburn rivalry. He grew up in it. And we'll talk more about that Thursday night when we talk to Archbishop Marino. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.